Chapter, chapter 9, Bayom Hashmini. The first seven days, the priests were inside the OMOA. They can't leave. And the initiation rite takes place. And Moshe is bringing the sacrifices. But the eighth day is the day in which the priests perform the sacrifices. The eighth day is a special day. And the point of the eighth day, chapter 9, the point of the eighth day, in Moshe's words, after he instructs Aharon, his brother, Moshe calls Aharon and his children, and he calls all the elders, Moshe said to Aharon to take sacrifices, to take for himself a sacrifice, a calf for a sin offering, and a ram for a burnt offering, and sacrifice them, bring them before God. And in verse 3, uh, you shall instruct uh, the people of Israel to bring in it also sacrifices, to bring a chatat, a sin offering, to bring two uh, animals as burnt offerings, and two as shlamim, as well-being offerings, to sacrifice before God was Baruch of Hashem, and in addition, to bring a meal offering, a mincha, mixed in oil. And the reason for all this is, Ki hayom Hashem nira'alechem, for today, God will appear to you. So it would seem that the focus, the purpose of the sacrifices is to initiate, not Aaron so much, but to initiate the place as a place in which God is present. Ki ayom Hashem nira'alechem. And it's interesting that after the sacrifices are brought, Aaron brings his own sacrifices, Aaron brings the sacrifices of the people, it's actually interesting. It reminds us very much, and it's quite similar, to the sacrificial order that the Torah will describe in chapter 16, namely the sacrificial order of Yom Kippurim. Yom Kippur is similar in this respect, that the priest is to bring his own sacrifices, but in addition, he's to bring sacrifices for the community. Same thing is true in chapter 9 in Bayom Hashmini. And in fact, after the sacrifices are brought in chapter 9, in the last verse of chapter 9, a fire uh, came forth from God. The people saw this, the people shouted, and they fell on their faces. So chapter 9 ends with a revelation, and it would appear that one of, if not the primary point of chapter 9, is to initiate this place as a place of revelation, as a place of God's presence. It is interesting that in chapter 9, the Torah speaks of a fire which comes down from heaven. Earlier, in the book of Ayikra, the Torah spoke of the obligation, the human obligation, to make sure that the altar always has a fire and that the fire on the altar is not extinguished. In fact, the Torah says explicitly in chapter 6, in verse number 6, A perpetual fire shall be kept burning on the altar not to go out. It's taken by the 
Talmud and the Halachis as a commandment. Make sure it doesn't go out. Lo But here in chapter 9, the fire is the fire that comes down from heaven. The idea of God accepting the sacrifice with a heavenly fire appears elsewhere in the Bible. Of course, it appears in the famous story of Elijah at Mount Carmel, Elio Bahara Carmel in chapter 19 of Murachim, when Elio sets up a test between himself and the prophets of Baal, and they are to bring sacrifices, and if a fire comes down from heaven and consumes the sacrifice, that's a sign that the God who consumes the sacrifice is the true God. Famous test of Elijah, Elio, Bahara Carmel, in chapter 19 of the first book of Murachim. But actually, we have it elsewhere as well. And it's interesting that it appears in two different places in the book of Chronicles. It appears in the book of Chronicles in chapter 21 in a story that has a parallel in the last chapter of Shmuel Bet, second book of Samuel, chapter 24, when David, King David, purchases the threshing floor of Goren, uh, Goren of Aravna. Aravna is the Yivusi. And David, there's a plague in the land, and David wants to bring a sacrifice, and he purchases Goren Aravna. Goren Aravna is, in fact, the uh, place of the temple, the Beit HaMikdash. David sacrifices, in description of the sacrifice in Shmuel Bet, chapter 24, he brings the sacrifice, God accepts it, and the plague is stopped. But in the similar story, parallel story in Chronicles, in chapter 21 of Chronicles, in verse number 26, there it's not that David brings a sacrifice and the plague is stopped. That is true. But in Divri Hayomim, chapter 21, it talks about a fire that comes down from heaven. So the Chronicles sees God in a very direct way is accepting the sacrifice with a heavenly fire. Parallel story in Shmuel does not have the heavenly fire. Similarly, upon the very consecration of the temple itself, the Mikdash that Shlomo builds, in the Book of Kings, after Shlomo brings his sacrifices and his uh, dedication of the temple, so in chapter uh, 7 of the first Book of Kings, uh, there it talks about after Shlomo had uh, built the temple, and so the book of Shmuel of uh, Malachim says, uh, the beginning of chapter seven, it says that, um, excuse me, it's chapter, actually chapter eight, my mistake, chapter eight. In chapter eight, verse number 10, it says, Vayihi, when the priest came out of the sanctuary, the cloud had filled the house of God. The priests the priest were able to remain and perform the service because of the cloud, the presence of God, which filled the house of God. Then Solomon said, God has chosen to dwell in a thick cloud. But in the parallel story, and that is chapter 7 of 2nd book of Chronicles. In chapter 7, in verse number 1 of Chronicles, there the chronicler has a different, uh, a, 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 a different description. 
and that's chapter 7 of 2nd Chronicles. And there it says, When Solomon finished his prayers upon the dedication of the temple, the fire came down from heaven. So the chronicle describes Solomon's temple very much in line with the building of the sanctuary, the Mishkan of the desert. And that's true actually of the chronicle in other places as well. The book of uh, Chronicles makes an attempt to align very clearly the Mishkan and the Mikdash. The book of Kings does not. In any event, at the end of this dedication ceremony, the Torah says that at the end of the bringing of the sacrifices, purpose of which is to initiate the temple and, as it were, to bring God down into the temple, God's presence. The Torah says at the end of chapter 9 that in verse number 22, that Aaron lifted up his hands towards the people and he blessed them. When we talk about nisiut kapayim, lifting up of the hands, we speak about the priestly blessing. Here the Torah says in Vayikra, in chapter 9, verse 22, Aaron lifted up his hands towards the people and blessed them. In the next verse, it says, strikingly, in verse 23, Moshe and Aaron went into the tent of meeting, into the Mishkan, and they came out. doesn't say what they did. And they blessed the people together, a joint blessing. And God's presence was apparent before the people. It would seem that the blessing is related to two different things. The first blessing seems to be related to the sacrificial service. There's a sacrificial service, and in conjunction with the sacrificial service, one might say the initiation of the sanctuary as a place of service, as the place of avodah, as a place of sacrifice, that's conjoined with the blessing. But the sanctuary is not just a place of service, of avoda. It's also a place of revelation. And there, as a place of revelation, it's not just Aaron who blesses. Aaron does the service. But when it comes to the revelation, it's Aaron and Moshe, the two of them together, who bless the people. Aaron as the one who brings the sacrifices, Moshe as the leader of the people. Together, they bless the entire community. It's very interesting that Birkat Kawanim that we say and there are different traditions when you say Birkat Kawanim but it appears at the end of the uh, of the Amida, the end of the Shemona Esrei, the end of the service and of course the service that we have is prayer but prayer which stands in for sacrifice but at the same time the act of prayer presumes God's presence. Omed Lufnei HaMelech, the Rabbam says, standing before God. So at the end of this standing before God, at the end of, hopefully, an encounter with the divine, there's a blessing. But the prayer is not just an encounter. The prayer is avoda. The prayer is a service. And service itself is conjoined with blessing. So the two features 
of the Shemona Esrei and the two features of the temple, we are ending with blessings. Blessings is an appropriate way to end the service, the service of the temple and the individual service that we have in our prayers.